Welcome to College Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition, and it, it is such a bummer. This is the season finale for the 2021 season, but you know, with me are Charlie Ekstrom of Stanford University representing the left coast, Mads Fitzpatrick of Florida State representing the right coast, who happens to be closer to the left coast right now. No, she's not being driven to a penitentiary. She's actually viewing <laughs> some sites uh, in a certain western region of the United States. So it's great to have you uh, ladies back on here for our final episode. Yes, thank you so much for having us. I'm sad. <laughs> I know. It's like I'm a little nostalgic now that we're on our final episode. It kind of is crazy. I can't believe we've actually reached the end. Well, what's what's made this such a great journey is both of your teams actually were at Gulf Shores last weekend, which is where we're going to start our conversation for this uh, final episode. So Yes, it was quite the experience. <laughs> well, let's just yeah. let's just let's jump into it and say so the, the top eight teams that were there, everyone knows them, but if you don't, we'll go ahead and say who they were. Number one seed was UCLA, two, USC. Then you had Florida State, LSU, Cal Poly, LMU, Stanford, and TCU. Um, you know, I'd love to get both of your perspectives on being at Gulf Shores that particular, that this last weekend and, and going through that, that play. So we'll start with Charlie on this one. Yeah, so... I honestly, I think Gulf Shores exceeded the already high expectations that I had for it. I was not expecting it to be as beautiful, not as expecting it to be as just like absolutely incredible of an experience. Like it was, it was so, so awesome. I mean, everything that they did, I was so, so like just honored to be a part of, um, the beach was even prettier than it looks on pictures. I've never seen sand so white <laughs> like, and it was, I don't even know. I just, I'm still kind of like starstruck over the whole experience, honestly. Wow. Well, you know, for, for Mads here, and we're going to ask her a little bit in there, but that's almost like a home beach for you, Mads. But I mean, I'm sure it's always good for you to be back there playing for a championship, right? Oh yeah, I mean, it's gorgeous. You never really get used to the, the super white sand and how beautiful it is there. I will have to say, I have loved it more in years past just because the lack of fans made it a little less hype in my opinion and they had less scoreboards than they did um, in years past. So it was just a different type of championship, a lot more secluded, you know, the courts were spread out a lot more than usual. So that was a whole different dynamic. Um, so a, definitely a different championship, but always still fun. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the play here, especially in the first round of matchups. Let's talk about some of the matches that did happen. Uh, we'll start with you, Mads. What, what were some of the matches in that first round that really caught your eye? In the first round, uh, well, we played Stanford. And uh, Stanford did amazing. I was really, really impressed by, uh, obviously, you, Charlie, and then your ones who happened to turn out to be um, All-Americans, well-deserved. They took our ones, uh, Maddie Anderson and Elaine Chacon, like 26-24 in the first one, um, and then didn't get a chance to finish it. Um, they, they lost, but they were really close. Uh, so that was very fun to watch, and I was really impressed by Stanford. Yeah. Right, you, Charlie. First round matchup to Kairi. Yeah, so I'd say, first off, thank you, Mads, for the little shout-out. Mm -hmm. I was so proud of our ones as well, and I was really proud of the fight that we put up. I wish that... We could have gotten a little bit of that first round of NCAA's ever jitters a little bit earlier, but you know, we'll, 
now we've got that kind of hunger for coming back for more later. Um, but the game that really caught my eye um, was actually in the first round was the LMU LSU matchup that came down with LMU upsetting slash taking down LSU, um, which started off like this trend of incredible upsets that LMU ended up having. Um, it was really just a really fun duel to watch. Um, super intense came down to um, like one court. It was it was just really, really cool to watch. Well, that what came down to the number fives court of Emma Dowd and Maddie Fournette, who was a true freshman from the Chicagoland area, which was amazing because she looked like a freshman and she was wide-eyed, starry-eyed, and, and with her to come up clutch in that, that final, that third set tiebreak against a very, very strong number five pairs of LSU was amazing to see. So uh, definitely exciting. Um, you know, with that, with the other matches, you know, there were the 3-0 finishes, UCLA over TCU, SC over Cal Poly, which I was surprised personally. I like Cal Poly would have taken one or at least push it to the five, you know? So, um, you know, but then again, USC was pretty strong in that tournament for obvious reasons, which we'll talk about. So with that, you know, with the teams losing and dropping to the contenders bracket, any other matches beyond there, like in the elimination bracket that that caught your eye? Besides yours, uh, Charlie, maybe Mads will talk about your your matchup. So, uh, Mads, what do you think about the uh, the elimination bracket when the teams drop down into there? Um, yeah. So our elimination our elimination game, we dropped down in who did we play? LSU. LSU. How did I forget that? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and so that was like a really, really highly congested game. You know, we've never played them at national championships before. We beat them in conference just a few weeks earlier. Um, and we had never lost to them um, in national championships. So that was really, really upsetting and hard, and but awesome for LSU. You know, they fought really hard. They were really hot that game and throughout that tournament. Um, so, yeah, that was a, obviously a big standout to me. <laughs> oh, I love the segue because I actually wanted to talk about your matchup, uh, Charlie, because it was – Cal Poly Stanford, and that was a highly anticipated matchup because you actually, Stanford, had the edge 1 0. They beat them earlier in the year, and it was a 3 2. So, what the distance? But can you talk about that particular elimination uh, bracket matchup? Yeah. So, I'd say for sure, um, something that I was really proud of is a lot of us, I mean, I'd say really the whole team came into the Florida State matchup with a lot of kind of NCAA jitters like we were all just it was we were starry-eyed but also like wow this is incredibly high level of competition and we kind of got our heads on straight for the Cal Poly match um we knew it was going to be a close one we knew it was going to be highly contested um I'm bummed to say that they knocked us out and that they ended our season but I'm also so proud of the fight I mean it came down to the fives it was a 1921 match in the third set um, so, I mean, it went back and forth. Our fives fought off, I think six match points. Yeah. Um, and I am so proud of the fight that they put up. It was kind of funny. I think that this time around every duel that, or every match that Cal Poly had won, um, we actually won. And then every pair that we had won before Cal Poly won the next time. So it was a little bit of like reverse scouting that kind of ended up working in Cal Poly's favor this time around, but I mean, I think that that will continue to be a very, very highly contested matchup in the years to come with us in Cal Poly, and I'm looking forward to taking them on next year. Yeah. Oh, it was definitely an entertaining uh, five-setter, and 
you know, I am impartial, but you know, <laughs> it's hard not to root for Charlie Ekstrom, especially when she's on the screen here. Thank you so much. That really means the world. I was so proud of Kate and I was so proud of the fight that we put up. That was honestly, it was like, while it's unfortunate that that had to be the season ender, like I could not be more proud of my partner. Um, and I like, that was probably the best game that we had on our season. We worked our tails off and I'm just really, really proud of the fight. Yeah. Well, you know, with the, the season that Stanford had, obviously coach Andrew Fuller, not only Pac-12 coach of the year, but just named the ABCA coach of the year. And it's de definitely well-deserved. And not only because he gave me an Bowl at the Pac-12 championships, but <laughs> because he's a great coach and a great person. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, so well-deserved. I'm like, we've been saying this for years that Andrew's been shifting the program into something great. Um, and it's so awesome to see that with the addition of Angela and Andrew's coaching, like, and having Lauren and Summer Nash also in with us that, I mean, we've just been able to do some fantastic things. And I think that it could not be more well-deserved this year. Let's jump back to the winner's bracket at the NCAA Division I, or Division I, the Beach Championships. That's uh, the USC-Florida State matchup, which went 3-1. But uh, Matt, can you talk about what happened in that matchup between I mean, Florida State looked really good. And you know, because you're right in the, the knee, knee deep in all that. So uh, talk about how your team performed against the Trojans who were very strong in the tournament. Yeah, um, we definitely came in really excited. We were looking forward to taking down USC. And like you said before, it's kind of just whichever team comes in hotter for the final tournament. And during that game, um, USC just played stronger than us. All of their pairs delivered. Um, so yeah, very impressed by USC. They were just hot that entire tournament. Yeah. Um, anything else to add, Charlie, while we're on the uh, Florida State SC matchup? I absolutely could not agree more. I think USC really came out for blood. I mean, they were they were coming back to avenge a lost Pac-12 championship title and Florida State came out fighting as well. They were ready, but I think that USC, like Mads was saying, was just very, very hot and they played fantastic volleyball on the whole weekend. Yeah. Well, the other uh, matchup in the winner's bracket was LMU-UCLA, which is an upset, so to speak, because it's a 3-2, another went the distance, but um, curious as to you as athletes, what you were seeing on the sand versus what a fan like me is watching online. Uh, we'll start with you, Mads. Oh, maybe no connection. Well, how about you, Charlie? Let's jump in right there. <laughs> yes. So I honestly, I was so impressed with Loyola Marymount this weekend or that weekend. I was, they came in absolutely full speed ahead barreling in and fighting and I think that they kind of shell-shocked some teams honestly mm -hmm. I think that people weren't ready for the fight that LMU was was putting up and it kind of showed in that winner's bracket we had some big upsets that they produced yeah I'm so excited um so it all came <laughs> getting the uh, alien encounter here apparently <laughs> I think we've lost you, Mads. Well, at least video. <laughs> well, fifth court, third. Oh, Seven. I think she may be delayed. Super, I think she is. Oh, that's right. Well, she's in uh, Sedona apparently, and oh no. Oh, it's down to us too. I may have to let her back in. Well, and, oh, there she is. Let's let her. Let's admit her. Hi. There we go. We're gone. We're back on. Well, she's back. <laughs> she's back. Did she come to the bottom window? She did. 
All right, let me relocate. All right, I don't think she's all the way back. I don't think she's all the way back either. Absolutely. Nope. Okay, well, so with uh, LMU, well, I've seen them two other times this year, and they've always been such a solid team all the way through. And a lot of those gals I've met in my first year of really covering beach volleyball, uh, names like Savannah Slattery, uh, Emma Dowd, you know, uh, such a solid group of people, Megan Rice, and then uh, following Ia Lindahl as she transferred from Cal over there. But I mean, you knew they had something special going, especially with John Mayer and his coaching staff there helping out. Um, but they, they definitely were a team like Savannah Slattery. So I'm assuming offensively, but she has quite the whip of a left arm. And the defense of Jesse Pritchard behind her was one of the best things I'd seen as a combo on a court this year. I absolutely could not agree more with you on that one. LMU, I mean, you said it, it like dead on with Savannah's arm swing. She is so, has such a deceptively fast swing um, that I don't think people are ready to take her on. And I'm, so, I, I mean, every single matchup with LMU came out guns firing and all in. Like I, in that upset coming down to the fives against UCLA, against a very, very strong team, Jaden Whitmarsh and Riley Powers, I think that Emma and Maddie, like you were saying, like they played out of their minds this past weekend. And it was so evident that they were just ready. Like they came in for the kill for the win on that game. Yep. That's so we were talking about the uh, U, uh, LMU upset of UCLA in the winner's bracket. Thoughts on that matchup? Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was so much fun to watch. Um, as you just said, Emma Dowd and Maddie, who I just watched how fiery they were and how aggressive they were. I think UCLA, they knew that they had something to lose, whereas LMU was just going after it every play. So I think that the underdog um, nature that LMU had, I think definitely played to their advantage. Well, that leads us to uh, the SC-LMU matchup that SC won 3-1 and UCLA and beat, ended up beating LMU 3-0 out of the contenders bracket, which brought the finals matchup. Um, you know, you both know both those teams pretty well, if not personally, you know, the athletes, but you're very familiar with the program. So what were your thoughts of the championship match? And we'll start with uh, you, Mads, since you got connected now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> That's all right. Um, both programs are so dominant. And so going into that final game, we just knew it was going to be a toss up, whichever team was hot. UCLA beat them for the conference. And so that definitely added fuel, I feel like, to USC's fire. Um, and just going and just watching USC play UCLA, UCLA, USC was just more, I'd like to say, I mean, UCLA played great, but they were, USC was just more fiery and aggressive. Uh, Tina and Megan were incredible. They, I think their overall record, they've only had one loss. I think they're like 15 and one together. Um, so that that was just such a fun finals game to watch. Oh, and one more thing. Sammy and Julia were also on fire that entire tournament. I think USC definitely benefited from their super strong ones and twos. Yeah. Charlie, go down. What you got? Yeah. So it almost, this felt like a role reversal from 2019. Cause when we looked back into 2019, USC actually won the PAC 12 title and then UCLA came and won the national title. And so it was funny, like seeing UCLA had taken the two seed and then won the national championship last time. And this time USC took the two seed after losing the PAC 12 title and came back and won the national championship. Um, I was so 
incredibly impressed with the game like Mads was just saying that Julia and Sammy played they were named ABCA pair of the week and I thought so rightfully so because they came out just all cylinders like everything was working everything was running um I was like honestly USC just came out to play and they played a fantastic championship match like I've every court that I watched I was watching the live stream like from the airport or not from the airport I think it was from home at that point Uh but it was so fun. Like I could not keep my eyes off the screen because every single matchup was so strong and was playing so well. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the pairs I felt like that kind of was in the backdrop, but it was such an equal contributor to the Trojan success. Was it the number four's pair of Joy Dennis and Delaney Maple? Um, I did not realize that they were overpowering their opponents the way they were uh, during that tournament, but I wanted to get your comments on their performance as number fours. And we'll start with you, Mads. Yeah, um, they are probably, except for I like to say Sammy, Julia, Tina, and Megan, the most consistent pair for USC. Just time and time again, delivering consistent wins. Uh oh. Did you lose audio? Oh no, did you lose me? Yep. Did we you lose your audio? Just your audio, though. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you hear me? Yep. Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. So Joy was a huge blocker uh, at the net and Delaney is so fast behind her and still so dynamic um, and aggressive as a hitter. So yeah, huge win uh, for USC pretty much time and time again every week. Yeah. And Charlie, anything to add? Yeah, I thought it was really adorable. It was Joy kind of took on this like mentor role with Delaney, um, with Joy being a fifth year and Delaney being a freshman and really took Delaney under her wing and I saw Delaney's game just elevate this year. I saw like the aggression come out. And I think that that was something that I thought was so special that Joy was able to kind of foster this like new side of Delaney and bring out just really the best side of her. It was so, so, so fun to watch and see. Yep. Well, USC crowned the 2021 Collegiate Beach Champions and it was definitely well-deserved. They had such a highly talented team. We didn't even get to name the other uh, women, the athletes that are, that are contributing to that, but each of you have played those teams a few times now this year. And uh, what's your assessment? Did the final outcome reflect what should have happened this year? And we'll start with you, Matt. I personally think FSU should have ended up on top, but I'm biased. But I, I think the loyalty. <laughs> <laughs> through and through Garden Gold. But I do think that USC deserved to win. They played a fantastic season. Uh, so did all of those teams national championship. But USC came out on top and it's no secret why. They played amazing. Yeah. How about you, Charlie? Yeah, I, again, could not agree more on that. I think that at the beginning, I thought that USC was going to be this powerhouse of a team. Um, And then we saw them get contested quite a bit through the season. We saw a lot of partnership changes. We saw a lot of like little bit of adjustments that Coach Jane Blanton was making. Um, And honestly, like at the end, they did their job. And they played incredible. And I thought that based on the national championship tournament and every game that I saw of USC's, I thought that 100% they were well deserving of that national champion title. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, uh, you know, with that, I feel like I should blame FSU and LSU, their trip out here and splitting with USC basically awoke that that sleeping beast in in the Trojans. So thanks a lot, Florida State and LSU, because <laughs> they were undefeated up until it's you guys came out. 
the East Coast came in and rocked them in their house. So I was like, whoa, that's, I, I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs> that's so true. It's honestly all our fault. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with that, the uh, 2021 ABC All-Americans were named first and second team, 16 athletes to each team. And um, gosh, I didn't even get to look through any of the honorable mentions, but you know, we're not going to go through them all, but I mean, I looked at the list and, you know, I felt like if anything, that list could have been larger just because the names on there are solid, but I could also find others that perform equally as well, defenders, blockers, you know, switch, switch time, you know, athletes. So uh, what are your guys' thoughts on the, what you saw on the uh, All-America team? We'll start with you, Charlie, on this one. Yeah, so I couldn't, like, I completely agree with you that I think that this team could have been expanded to so much more and but also I could not pick a group of 32 athletes who don't who deserve it more like these women are all absolutely wonderful volleyball players wonderful people and really like they performed like these some of these names I could not be more proud of Sunny and Zolani our ones pair for being named to the All-America first team these are the first All-Americans in Stanford history um and I'm just, I mean, Sunny in her final year here as our team captain being named to the first team All-America. I mean, it like was just like the icing on the cake to something fantastic that she was a part of the foundation of. Um, And so, I mean, I'm looking at this list and I'm looking at every single name and I'm like, these are people that are competitors through and through. Yeah. How about you, Mads? What you got to add? Yeah, I'm looking at the first team All-American list and they're just all such powerhouses. I want to give a shout out to Erica Brock and Mackenzie Morris from FAU. They're, I think that's FAU's first All-American pair ever in school history. And they went 18 and five. So really impressive by them. Um, Cal Poly's ones 23 and 10. Very impressive, obviously, Taryn and Kristen. Um, Kristen is a three-time All-American first team. Um, and Taryn has won... 50 matches of the last matches that she's played so she's like been undefeated for 50 matches in a row just had to brag on them for a little bit but yeah super (laughs) impressive list uh could not be more honored to have watched everyone and play this year well definitely a lot of firsts this season which it was amazing to be to witness because yeah three teams for the first time being at the collegiate beach championship stanford tcu and lmu and then you know uh, Kristen Nuff going undefeated and getting 160 career wins, setting a new record at, at LSU. And then Stanford, I mean, first All-Americans, I did not know that. And then also with TCU. So <coughs> really great things happening across the country when it comes to Collegiate Beach. So um, definitely an entertaining season, especially coming out of a, a year like COVID. <laughs> Agreed. Absolutely. <clears throat> so with that, uh, I know that we talked about polls and polls really don't matter, but I just thought it was interesting because the ABCA poll, the final one came out uh, on the 11th and wanted to get your take as athletes on the other side, not like a administrator type person or coach, but um, did you get a chance to take a peek at the polls this week, ladies? Yes. Yes. Uh, We'll start with you, Mads. What are your thoughts on what you saw? Yeah. So I think that one through eight is actually uh, fairly accurate. I think LMU did deserve to be three. They had the upset against UCLA and they beat LSU. So I think I'm really proud of them. They definitely, I feel like, were the third best team in the country this year. All right, Charlie, how about you? Yeah, I'm looking at it and I have really no qualms with it. I'm looking, I'm thinking that this is pretty dead on. Um, 
I'm back with that Loyola Marymount earning its way, uh, earning their way up to number three, I think it's dead on. I mean, they finished third at the national championship tournament. And so they should be finishing third in the nation in the polls. Like I think every single place has been well earned by every team and every, every single place was a completely indicated, indicated, indicative. Wow. That was difficult for me, Um, but indicative of the way that the national championship tournament wrapped up. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, You know, it's just it, the way that it ended up. I know that there's still the college B2BB poll, which I know there's a lot of discussion as to what teams fall where. And we still haven't seen that graphic of what the final is. So we know there's some hot debate going on there. Um, so uh, not going to hear it from me, but uh, <laughs> until it comes out, I don't want to be the one that they throw under the bus. But, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, being that it's going to be our, our 2021 finale episode, I thought I'd end it with our fan solicited questions. And you know, first of all, I cannot thank both of you um, enough for committing the time that you have to being a part of the College Volleyball Weekly first ever Beach Edition podcast, especially with this shortened season, but, you know, with the, the commitments you guys made and first being students, then athletes and, and sacrificing your time to really grow the game of volleyball and, and grow the exposure as well, because I've heard nothing but incredible praise for the both of you. So I am entirely blessed and honored and privileged to be on it with you ladies. And I was sharing with Matt's how I met you, Charlie, at the uh, Flow Volleyball um, State Championships. We were, uh, I was to interview that tall one over there, being <laughs> that you're crushing uh-huh. balls left and right. And then how I came across meeting Mads when Brooke, her coach, said, I asked her, I need someone outgoing that I can interview you and talk about your program. She's I got the perfect person, and it was Mads. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and then the fact that you guys knew each other before even, like, I was going to ask you, Charlie, what do you think about this Mads Fitzpatrick? And you're like, I totally blame with her. <laughs> <laughs> so it just happened to work out perfect. So I cannot thank you both enough. So I can't, we can't thank you enough. Thank you. I guess. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's just been such a wonderful time. Again, I'm getting nostalgic. I don't want to, I don't want this to end. It's been so wonderful for the last five months of getting to see you guys every week. It's been great. <laughs> Until they hit you with the uh, fan questions that brutalize you, right? No, it's always a joy. Definitely. Yeah, so with that, let's jump into the, the first question here, but um, uh, here's the first one for you. When should we expect transfer announcements be made? And uh, we'll start with you, Mads, because you got the, the funny smile on, like <laughs> you have some secret information going on. Exactly. I feel like I do have secret information and I can't reveal it, but I expect <laughs> time s- sometime soon, but I can't speak on that matter because I'm not, I don't know if I'm in the right to. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, as, a, as someone who follows, is there a, a certain date that you can make that announcement or is, can that be given at any time? I think it's any time, right, Charlie? Yeah. So I, based on my knowledge, it's at any time. It's really up to the player to when they announce. Um, so expect, expect expectations for when it comes out is really kind of wavering just because it's really up to the player to decide. Um, but then it's also kind of independent on the program as well, because sometimes um, there's an ask for season to be over or other times. Like, I think it just really is kind of like wavering dependent on player and program. Right. Good answers. I like it. You know, nice and diplomatic. You both learned <laughs> well. <laughs> All right. Here you go. Um, you guys will love this one. What does next year look like for your programs? Rebuilding or just reloading? We'll start with you, Charlie. 
So with us being a fairly young team, only having two seniors this year, those two seniors will be dearly missed. But I do think that this is going to be a bit of a reload. We have been so used to being a part of a building program and to have a foundation of 13 returners next year and a lot of and eight starters coming back. I'm so excited to kind of reload and be able to kind of work new work new things out to where we can just reload and be ready for Gulf Shores next year. Bernal Powerhouse, Florida State. What you got, Mads? So I would say rebuilding, except for we have so much depth in our team. Um, we're losing a bunch of seniors and uh, super seniors. We're losing a good amount of people. Um, but I'd like to say that we are reloading because of how much depth we already have on our team. We have at least one starter from each line staying with us. Um, Raylan, Maddie Anderson, Jenna, Kira, Elena, Liz, like all players who played in the championship coming back. Um, and then we have a lot of freshmen and transfers that cannot be revealed yet um, that weren't in the lineup that can still definitely come in and help us. So definitely reloading. We're ready to avenge this fifth place that we got. <laughs> so we're going to see a reloaded Mads Fitzpatrick out there on the uh, court without uh, health issues? 100% no health issues coming in so strong. I can't wait. <laughs> Excellent. Love it. <laughs> So how about this, all across NCAA Beach Volleyball, which program makes the biggest leap next year? Charlie. Ooh, next year, holy moly. I don't know if I can pick next year because I think that it was so, there were so many shockers that came this year. Um, like we even picked surprise teams that, like there were teams that surprised us that nobody even thought would be a surprise team. My program included, I feel like nobody was really expecting to do as well as we did. Um, so I think that it's going to come down to how new freshmen or how new partnerships kind of react to one another or how chemistry works to see all these teams. Like, I don't know if I could even say, let's expect a big leap from this program because we have yet to see kind of the fantastic things that all these coaches are putting together. Yeah. Mads. Yep. So I was going to say Stanford, because like you said, you're only losing two seniors. Um, so I definitely see you guys coming out strong next year. And then TCU, they have that super strong, very young uh, one seed. And uh, they just keep getting stronger as a program throughout the year. So I'm looking forward to seeing them and how they advance next year. It's uh, Daniela Alvarez and Tania Maleva. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're both freshmen. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. That is insane. <laughs> insane. Freshmen and all Americans as freshmen. Yep, and playing for Spain. Maybe I, maybe they'll see the money in the FIVB and want to just not come back. Fingers <laughs> crossed for the rest of us. <laughs> um, so this is actually uh, directed towards both of you. But um, since you're both juniors, what are your plans during the offseason? Tournaments, AVPs, AVP golds, any HP camps or anything? And we'll start with you, Matt. Yeah, so I have my internship in Atlanta, and uh, and I have a training group there, so I'm going to be training in Atlanta uh, full-time with the internship, and then I plan on playing in as many Florida tournaments as possible. Florida's having a ton of tournaments, um, so lifting, conditioning, training, and playing in as many Florida tournaments as I can. Oh, good answer. Charlie? Yeah, so I still have a couple of years of eligibility left because I'm in school a junior, but in eligibility wise, I'm a redshirt. So I was a redshirt sophomore this past year. Um, and so I also will be training full time in Southern California, though. Um, and then I will also be I'll be playing in as many CBVAs, as many AVPs, AVP golds 
as a, as I can find. And then hopefully also we'll be participating in um, some FIVB one stars if they work with my schedule and if I'm able to travel to them. Um, I think the other thing too, um, it was asked um, if it was, if like there was any um, HP stuff and that's yet to be released. And so if I am invited, then yes. Um, and if not, then no. <laughs> We're lost, right? <laughs> yes. Well, I think it's a great place to, to end, um, you know, because there, there are definitely some other questions, but we actually answered them within our content because I asked for more questions after I cut it off. So, uh, but we did address them. And like I said, I, I cannot thank you both enough for your time and your commitment to uh, being a part of College Volleyball Weekly. I am looking so forward to keeping in touch with you. And actually, one of the questions was, are you going to have them back next year? And I don't want to put that on you because, again, your first students, then athletes, and We'll chat and I would, it's an open invitation. I'd want you guys to think about it and maybe even expand, you know, bring some other people in because I really enjoy hearing you as student athletes going through the daily grind and experience because that really gives great insight for people who are beginning to just love and grow into this game more and more every year. So uh, oh. Charlie and, and Mads, thank you so much. Rob, you have been such an amazing leader and role model. And I feel like I've learned so much from you and you're such a ray of sunshine every time you're on camera and in person when I got to see you. So thank you so much. I know so many people love you and I have thoroughly enjoyed this. Oh, thanks, Matt. <laughs> yeah, this is literally, I mean, I've said this, this has been the highlight of my weeks. Honestly, there've been so many times where this has just put the smile on my face that I absolutely needed. And I cannot thank the both of you enough for that. Thank you, Rob, for inviting me. You had mentioned that we met so many years ago now, I think like it goes back four years, probably when we met at the state championships. Yep. Um, and I'm so happy that I got the call for you asking me to be your West Coast rep, because it honestly, it just made my year so much better. And I'm so, so happy that I got to be a part of this. That's so good to hear. But I have to also thank your coaches, Brooke Niles of Florida State, because it's her recommendation. And she was so spot on. So Mads, thank you. <laughs> and Brooke, thank you. Even though you had a baby this year, I hope I didn't put more pressure on you. And then also <laughs> Andrew Fuller, who I just, I've always respected. He's always been such a great ambassador for the program. And I knew that he was going to do some great work. You could just see it in his demeanor that he was focused, even with all these things having to deal with and challenges and growing a new Pac-12 team and, and, and develop them into powerhouse. So uh, ladies, I cannot thank you enough again. And uh, hopefully next year we'll stay in touch. Maybe we'll do a special episode in the summer if you guys are playing. And if you oh are playing, yes. Facebook Live, your matches, and I will promote them. <laughs> oh, yay. Sounds great. I would love that. Same. All right. Thank you again, ladies. Bye. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Viral Volley Podcast podcast. Be sure to follow Rob at Rob on the Mic on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or at RobOnTheMic.com. Check it next time. <laughs>